Even though we need to talk about serious topics, we also need to lighten up. Welcome to Beyond the Stethoscope, the podcast for veterinarians, healthcare providers, and busy professionals who want actionable, implementable solutions surrounding work-life balance, accomplishing your goals, and living your dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Demery. We are here today in front of a live audience with Arthi Tajuja. For those of you, our amazing listeners who have signed up to receive the show notes, you'll get an email each week about the show that gets published on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get an opportunity to become a member of the live audience absolutely for free. These free seats are space available and first come, first serve. And you can get all of the details at pauseconsulting.com forward slash blog. And sign up for the emails at pauseconsulting.com forward slash show notes. And show notes is all one word. For the live audience members with us here today, you will have an opportunity to submit your questions through the Q&A during the live recording or email them to me in advance. The five questions segment of each show will be broadcast live to Facebook, and you can find it by searching Demery DVM. So be sure to smash the follow button so you're notified when we go live. These live recordings will appear on your favorite podcast platform four to six weeks after we record. So if you don't want to wait, be sure to sign up and bookmark pauseconsulting.com forward slash blog for the latest updates. And so without further delay, I'd like to introduce our guest today, Arthi, to talk about how we have more fun and start dreaming again, even when or should I say, especially when you feel stress and overwhelm. Arthi is a sacred space holder or facilitator, a healer and social activist. Arthi has also been a community organizer, youth mentor, and advocate for those impacted by the current punitive justice system. Arthi currently co-owns Antara with Sojourner Wright. Antara means the space of the in-between in Sanskrit, and its mission is to guide companies and individuals through times of the in-between or some of those challenging times of change. Arthi and Sojourner create transformative portals that guide groups of people through journeys of healing, decision-making, conflict resolution, rites of passage, uncovering biases, and so much more. These portals are facilitated using embodiment practices, rest practices, healing the inner child through play, transformative justice, emergence, and elemental healing. Welcome to the show, Arthi. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. It's so wonderful to see you again. Last year, we reconnected over a simple gift that was given back in the first grade. So for those of you who don't know, Arthi and I first met when we were like, what, six years old in Mrs. Stringy's class? Is that right? That's right. Oh my goodness. I can't believe. (laughs) Can you even imagine, right? How how long ago that was now. And we shared the story last year because it just seemed like the kind of story we needed in the middle of the pandemic, right? So you can find it by searching in the Beyond the Stethoscope podcast for the keywords friendship and values. And I'll link to it in the show notes for you as well. So Arthi, I'd like to start our conversation today around joy and happiness by asking why are friendships and relationships so important to feeling joy and happiness in this world? 
Well, there's a lot of research, for, first of all, that points to uh, really having community and being supported by community and other people um, as a primary thing of importance if you want to um, be happy. Um, so there's a lot of research behind that. But just in general, um, I know just from the pandemic, so this is just a personal story, but I know just from the pandemic, kind of being cut off from people um, outside of Zoom, you know, um, being cut off from people, I really started to realize and really started to feel um, the kind of disconnection that's been happening. And as the pandemic has sort of shifted and morphed, uh, and now I'm kind of getting out and talking to more people and being more face-to-face -face with people, it, there's just a certain type of pleasure um, I think in just interaction, we're really meant to be together. We're really, humans are, are not meant to be just isolated and separated all the time. So there's just a, a certain amount of joy um, that definitely comes in when we're together, when we're interacting, when we're playing, when we're um, celebrating together. Oh my gosh. So true. And I love how you brought in the research. There are bodies of research that show that one of the basic human drives is this need for connection with other humans. We really love to look at all of the dynamics of emotions and feelings and also bring in the science because it's not just woo and it's not just like our ideas, but it's actually been scientifically proven to be fact and fact-based and why it's so important. But yet, and why I love high performance or this idea of high performance is that the third part, it's succeeding over the long term above standard norms while maintaining positive relationships and your own well-being. And those are the parts, that third part that we just kind of throw out the window. Who cares about our own well-being, right? Because I've got this mission to accomplish or who cares about, um, yeah, I see you over there laughing and, and I'm, I mean, laughing too, because I'm trying to be a little bit silly, but it's so true as busy professionals. How often do we say, well, I'm not going to make this dinner tonight with my family because I have to work late or I'm, going to prioritize this project at work over my relationships. And then we can't figure out why we're frustrated and upset and feel just icky all the time. So I, I really love that you brought this idea and reminded us that one of the most basic human drives is this need for connections. And you also said something else that I absolutely loved. You talked about play. So we as humans were meant to play yet sometimes we feel like it isn't okay to laugh, to cry, or to feel joy, and that it's somehow not serious or professional enough. And how do we overcome these societal norms, you know, or feel this pressure to be so serious, to be taken seriously? And we can feel safe to express that joy and happiness and maybe be a little silly sometimes. You said it. I mean, be a little silly sometimes. I think we all need that. Um, I know I need that there's just a certain amount of disconnect that happens when we're too serious all the time, sort of when we're kind of floating in our worlds and everything has to be by the book and serious. And I almost just even the word serious, I, I feel tension almost immediately in my body of like, gotta be serious now and no one smile. And there's almost sort of a robotic seriousness, right. Um, thing about it. And there's something about putting inserting play into our lives, right? And it doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't mean that we have to set aside two hours for play. 
but really we could just be weaving it into our days more, right? We could weave humor and play into our days. And so it could be as something as simple as whistling a song or humming, you know? And I know we don't often think of that as play, but really just it's catchy, you know? I used to, I used to work at a place called the Shambhala Meditation Center. And oftentimes, you know, in a meditation center, everyone thinks you need to be very somber and serious and quiet. And, and that is, you know, true to some degree. But in those moments sort of in between, I used to have this friend and we would just start, she would start singing and I would start singing along and it was catchy. And there was something about the, the kind of non-seriousness in the space that almost made meditating easier when we could just relax, when we could, when it wasn't like we have to be very serious meditators now, but just inserting kind of a bit of, um, you know, fun and normalcy kind of in our day, right? That's all it really has to be. The work world, it really feels like, especially lately, it seems like it's gotten even more and more serious as time has gone on. And some of those spaces for play are becoming less and less. And as we kind of prioritize productivity, got to get all this done, um, we sort of lose our ability to just relax and play and just be human again. So a lot of times when I'm working with organizations, organizations come to us when they really want to, they're working with some sort of change, right? And in change, change, change brings about a lot of fear, right? Because it's about like going from one thing to another and it's about transformation and you don't quite know what's going to happen on the other side. So that's when we kind of come in and we really encourage play in those times because there's something about play that actually encourages creativity, right? Because when you're doing, when you're kind of knowing that you need to make a change, you know that you're about to move into something different, but you're in a space where you don't quite know what, it, what that is going to be. And so in some sense, you need to encourage all your employees and all the people that are working there to kind of get into a space of creativity. And if we're being really serious and, and we're, we're trying to do everything by the book and step by step, that doesn't really work well um, when it comes to change because it doesn't work well for creativity. Creativity requires our minds to go out of the box and play really helps to do that. Play helps us to move out of the box said so well. And I, earlier this year, I said, okay, we're getting through the pandemic, hopefully. Right. And I found like this key decision and I, I'm really convinced like there's this like one linchpin decision in all of our lives that maybe we're avoiding or we're like, oh, the change, the change is hard. It's scary. I know it's going to be uncomfortable, all those things, man. I, I pulled that pin out and because it unlocked everything else. And I could see how it was going to catapult or move and change everything else in my life for the better. If we talk about our five areas of life and I was like, oh, this is awesome. There's this one decision. It'll unlock everything else. Oh my gosh. It, <laughs> that is when everything starts to fall apart. And I just started laughing about it. Right. And just having fun with it. Like, okay. What's the universe going to bring me today? Like, what fun challenge can I tackle? And, and then I'd be like, okay, what's the most creative way to overcome this? How can I get to the next place? And really tried to make it a game because 
it was so stressful. You make one decision and just the wheels come off in life and how easy it is. We got to put it all back. Oh my gosh, I just broke it. (laughs) How do we do this? And so as you're talking, like these were some of the things that I was thinking, but Arthi, what are some practical tips for maybe adding some more fun into our busy days? Sure. Why don't we do a little play? Oh, fun, fun. Okay. Yep. I'm up for it. Let's see. Here's a little, here's a little exercise that anyone can really do. So this is a little exercise that has two parts. So the first thing I'm going to do, Angela, is I'm going to give you a word. Okay. And then, or actually let's start this way. Why don't you give me a word? So it works better with a noun. So give me a noun and for just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about whatever word you give me. Kitten. Kitten. I really want to get another kitten. So I had two cats already, but um, there's something about the newness of a kitten, you know, that like that sweetness and that, you know, kittens jumping all around you. I remember when my cats were kittens and they were just so, they were just so soft and furry and they don't remain kittens for very long. You know, they get, they get old so fast. Um, although I will say that my two cats, even though they're not kittens anymore, they still act a lot like kittens and kittens are really fun and, um, and cuddly. And so I really love kittens. And so I had to go (laughs) as you were talking about getting a new kitten, I couldn't help, but sneak out of the room to go grab my brand new kitten. This is Henry. Hi, Henry. He magically showed up at my neighbor's house the other day and talking about adding more joy. I've been thinking, you know, I lost my two cats. Sorry, I ran to the next room. So I'm a little breath now. But uh, I I lost my two cats just, you know, old age the last a couple of years ago now. And I'm like, you know, I really would like to get another kitten or a cat in the house. I don't have any right now. However... I'm going to wait until all of the remodeling is done in my house before I do this. And wouldn't you know, I'm like dreaming up this kitten and I'm like, oh, I would love a cat that would blah, blah, blah. And like just thinking of all those things, just like you were talking about. And two days later in my text message, Henry showed up (laughs) the spitting image of the cat I had imagined. And can you hear him purring? You just manifested Henry. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear him purr? I can't. What a cute little, little cat. So for all of you out on the podcast, um, I highly recommend heading over to YouTube, searching Angela Demery, DVM, MPHCHPC to, to see Henry <laughs> as well. <laughs> So that was our little fun and joy <laughs> for the day. So is it is it my turn now? Now it's yes, now it's your turn. So I'm gonna okay. give you a word. Um spaghetti. Oh my goodness, spaghetti. Can you remember back when we were kids and you could mix it up and you know it was so much fun because it would be on the fork and then it would fall off and you maybe eat it with your fingers and then your my parents would yell at you. And it also reminds me of throwing spaghetti against the wall to see if it was done. We actually did that when we were little, but don't tell our parents because (laughs) I'm guess now they won't care. But I think that's where they got that phrase, right? 
throwing spaghetti against the wall. Is that, does that seem right? Did you enjoy that, um, that rendition and thought process? I mean, is it just to be kind of silly and fun and see where the world takes us when we think about these words? Yeah, it's just to, it's just to get our mind flowing in a different direction. So I'm going to do, let's do part two of this. Okay. Okay. So now what I want to do is I'm going to give, you give me a made up word, a completely made up word that doesn't make any, that doesn't have any meaning. And I'm going to pretend like I'm the expert on that word. Ooga boogla perlala. Ooga boogla perlala. Yeah. An ooga booga perlala is a kind of bag. And um, it's a special kind of bag because anything you put in it triples. So if you put a pack of gum in it, you'll have at the end of the day, three packs of gum. And if you put a water bottle in it, you will have three water bottles. So it multiplies anything you put in it, but only to a certain extent. So if you put $100 on it, you'll get $300, but it only works like you can't put any more than $100 in it. it, it that's just how the that particular kind of bag works. So is it per dollar bill or is there a total dollar amount? It's, it's, it's just a dollar amount. I could put a pen in and get three pens back and then I could put my three pens in and get nine pens back yeah yeah oh so it it just multiplies and then and then you kind of have to know how to use it so it involves some training um Mm -hmm. you can't just kind of buy it and like expect it to work so there's kind of secrets to operating it and kind of kind of go through a training process but then that's what it does and Hmm. um it's a really great invention um so i encourage you to to think about getting one yeah, super, super interesting. <laughs> and are you the the Uga Boogala Perlala uh, salesperson, sales rep? Is that I am? What's, I, I sell okay. them. Yes, Do you I make them, them too, or are they manufactured I, somewhere special? I, I they are manufactured somewhere else, but I I do the magic for them. Oh, yeah. Okay, very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and really, the intention is you get to play with this word and do whatever you want. (laughs) Give ourselves permission to just play and to like really just go there and see where our mind takes us and see where our imagination goes. Yes. And I really love this because I think for me, if I would have known about every job in the whole wide world when I was growing up, I would love to be a futurist you know, the person who gets to dream up what our our future might hold based on the science, based on the facts, based on what we know. And this exercise a little bit reminds me of that or unlocks that ability to just imagine how cool the future could be. A little like, you know, some of the things they dreamt up in Back to the Future, I suppose. Yeah, we do. We have, it reminds me of, uh, we do another exercise a lot where we ask people to imagine themselves you know, it could be any number of time, but 20 or 30 years from now. So sometimes it might be 20, sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 30, depending on the group I'm working with. But if you were to imagine yourselves 20, yourself 20 years from now, and then we have people tell stories about what their, what their lives are like 20 years from now, and just imagine what it would be like. <laughs> It's, real, it's always a really interesting one because it's just interesting to hear, you know, people's imaginations of what they want to things to look like in 20 years. 
And also to try to imagine, you know, what is the earth going to look like? Like 10 years ago, there were a lot of scientists say warning about the next pandemic, but we never thought that if we could stop all travel around the world for a period of time that we would suddenly have places where dolphins were again, or, you know, some of the other really cool phenomenon where the earth kind of healed itself for a, you know, way to explain it. I thought that was really fascinating and interesting and to see also the good along with some of the stress and destruction and, and how it like, there's always more than one, one perspective or one side of things sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there were people who felt closer to their families and uh, got to spend a lot of time with their kids, you know, and then having to work with conflicts that maybe we were avoiding for a long time in our relationships and lots of opportunities, you know, as well as not, but. Yes. And I love how that exercise actually opened up the conversation for a more serious topic. Yeah. Right. And so now all of a sudden we went from giggling and having fun and being silly and laughing at ourselves to having like this really serious open conversation where I'm curious if this is part of the intent or the experience is to just disappear all of the bias, all of the judgment, because we're all being silly and we're all sort of playing off of each other like improv or something fun like that. And just accepting of whatever that person says, right? Like we're just, okay, you're the expert and this is just true as ridiculous as it is. And here's some made up word. And so now we've just cleared the air and the room of all judgment and and maybe not all, maybe all is a strong word, but of a lot of like judgment and bias and concern and our own insecurities or fear of being in the space, having to tackle a tough topic. Is this part of your facilitation process when you're tackling some of these really difficult topics with multiple stakeholders? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially we do a lot of work with anti-racism, for example, which is always a, a serious and tough topic. And yet we use a ton of play uh, weaved in. And a lot of times people will be like, I can't believe we've been doing this for three hours and I'm still here and I'm not exhausted, you know? And that's because of weaving a lot of play into the mix. Um, a lot of lightheartedness because you need this combination, even though we need to talk about serious topics, we also need to lighten up. Uh, we need to have kind of a balance of the two. Um, and they kind of go hand in hand. So I'll tell you a little story about how I even came across. Um, so this, the, this, this exercise came from something called interplay, which is something I'm trained in. And I first learned about interplay at, I was at the Buddhist Catholic Dialogue in Rome. So I worked for a Buddhist organization for a long time. So I was in a lot of interfaith dialogue situations. And the interfaith dialogue, it was one of the, like, one of the first ones they'd ever done with social activists kind of in the mix. And um, what was really interesting uh, was that it was very almost stuffy at the beginning. It was very like a lot of people reading their papers on panels for five days. My panel, which was about social activism, was the last one to go. We were all kind of bored with the whole thing. And so my group, you know, we were about to go present and my group said, is there something different we could do? Like just something different to shake things up. And this woman, Susan Pedelic, she actually was an interplay, is an interplay person and said, 
there's this thing I facilitate called interplay. And I think maybe if you all trust me a little bit, I think it would be really great in this situation. And so we were just like, okay, like, you know, we really didn't know what she was going to do, but we were just kind of trusting about it. And she got up there and in a room full of, you know, um, sort of Catholic uh, and Buddhist uh, serious people um, started facilitating play. And she started off with something very similar to what we just did, right? A, a word and then a made up word. And, and then even did one that was a little even sillier. And when you're in a group, live group, you have people shift. Um, uh, you, you maybe do the first one and then you do another extra, you have people shift partners. And so now you're face to face with someone else and you're doing a little silly thing with someone else in the group and then you shift again. And so maybe you have three or four people you actually do some sort of a little silly exercise with. And then the very last question um, was a more serious question. And we, we had just met the Pope and um, together in this conference and never had a chance to sort of process that. And so she had brought in this question of now, now talk to your partner about what it was like to meet the Pope. And that was a much more serious question, right? And it sort of built, but at that point, everybody, you could see everybody in the whole space had gone from like so serious to like playful and engaged. People were having fun and now they wanted to talk about serious stuff. And like, it really got people ready and in their bodies, you know, that's what play does. It gets you into your body. And it was just a whole different space. And after she was done, I was like, what did you just facilitate? And it was maybe 20 minutes. And she said, it's something called interplay. And I'm like, well, I want to know what that is because this space has gone from like a boring space of four days to like being here. And there's so much joy just came out. And now I want to talk to all of these people. You know, now I want to be here. Yeah. And also learn. Now you're open to have that conversation. What was it for somebody who's not of the Catholic faith to meet the Pope? And how yeah. was that? And how was that experience? And like, it's such an interesting concept. How how cool is that? And I'm, I'm on board. I love interplay. I love talking to you and bringing play and excitement to some of these really serious, really important topics and really opening up the space to have a true conversation where we're not just going to our corners and putting our dukes up and really like protecting our belief systems or experiences, but, but also open to understanding other people's experiences so that we can move these things forward for the improvement of our communities as a whole. So Thank you so much for this enlightening and amazing conversation, Arthi. If people are interested, how can they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Our website is antara.world, A-N-T-A-R-A.world. And I can be reached by email at info at antara.world. And then you can check us out on both Facebook and Instagram as well under Antara World. And really quick, I, I don't think I did you justice or Antara justice in the introduction. Like who do you work with and what kind of work do you do? Yeah, so my business partner is Sojourner Wright. And if you go to our website, you'll see us both on there. But Antara is really about working again in those in-between spaces and really working with change primarily. So we work with organizations, businesses, groups of people who are really wanting to dive into um, change in various ways. So it could be everything from just wellness retreats all the way to wanting to work with anti-racism 
right? But anything that sort of puts people in this in-between place where they don't know like what's going to sort of happen. And that's kind of what we work with. And so we work with groups, but we also work with individuals for personal development um, and have a class called Dreaming in a Dying World, where we do a lot of play. We do a lot of um, dreaming. We do a lot of um, grief, grief stuff where we are letting go um, of old habits. So we'd love to see you all there. It's a five-week course um, that goes on um, on Sundays. So, um, and it's a lot of fun and we really get a variety of people in it. So there you'll, you'd be meeting people all the way from, I think we had even some 18 year olds last time, all the way up to sixties and seventies and just about every race and every sort of class stratification. And it just, it's, you know, change affects all of us, no matter who we are. So, um, it really is a, a course for almost anybody who really wants to work with that. Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to put links to all of that information in the show notes as well. And for those of you in the live audience, stay tuned. We're going to have our Q&A. And Arthi, you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Beyond the Stethoscope. I hope you are inspired to take actionable steps towards accomplishing your goals and living your dreams. Chances are, if you are listening to this podcast, you are a busy professional who is looking to reclaim your time, energy, and focus to be your best, most productive, and highest performing self. As a high performance coach, I help busy professionals like you gain clarity, energy, and courage to take actionable steps towards accomplishing their goals and living their dreams. If this sounds like you and you want to work with me, I only have three openings still available for high performance coaching, and I have decided to offer them exclusively to listeners of this podcast. Simply go to pauseconsulting.com forward slash podcast to apply. And let's see if I'm the right person to help you not only accomplish your goals, but also live the life of your dreams. Let's make your best year yet.